Welcome to the Tribe Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Tavy, And I'm Corinne. This is a place where we discuss everything Black. Black culture. Black music. Black fashion. Black love of all kinds. And most importantly, we talk about cannabis. We celebrate all that makes us unique. A new episode every Friday. Come join us on this journey as we build our tribe. Welcome back to the Tribe Podcast. Happy Valentine's Day. We're on our sixth episode, and today's episode, we're going to be talking about relationships. Yes, happy Valentine's Day. And today, we have a special guest, our friend Amber. Hey, guys. Happy Valentine's Day. Today, we're going to be covering topics such as Black love, Black interracial relationships, and how it is to currently date in our generation. But first, we're going to start off with the wheat law topic of the day with me. So our wheat law topic of the day is the article's name is with wheat legalization in neighboring states, Wisconsin employers are rethinking um, rethinking marijuana policies. So this article is basically talking about not legalizing marijuana in Wisconsin, even though that um, other states nearby Wisconsin are going to be legalizing wheat. And they're basically mentioning that they're... um, that there's not going to be really benefit them in legalizing the supply, even though there are reports of people who are getting drug tests and they're still using it instead of legalizing it, they're still making it illegal and they're still making it a problem. Um, in my opinion, if they still decide not to legalize it, it's only just going to cause more issues for them instead of just falling into other states if they decide to legalize marijuana as well, especially with all these new policies and laws being created. So that's the weed law topic of the day. Is there anything that you guys want to add on to that? Um, I think when it comes to drug testing, if marijuana becomes completely legal, like cannabis is completely legal, I don't think it's smart to, well, let me think about it this way. I guess the reason why a lot of employers drug test is because they do not want their employees to be currently like high while they're working. So I get the reason as to why there should be drug testing, but there's already a lot of low unemployment, as you said. So they're going to have to maybe omit that. I think that I know that in some companies like Amazon, or if you work in a warehouse, they only drug test you when you incur any sort of accident or a problem at work, then they test you to see if you're under the influence of anything. Maybe that would be a nice alternative because if you eliminate the fact that you have to drug test people, it'll allow people who rely on that for medication or medicinal purposes to have a job. There could be people who suffer from back pain or suffer from seizures or suffer from something but benefit from utilizing cannabis, but they also want to work like a regular citizen every day and have a regular job. So the only way they should be subjected subjected to a drug test would be if they incurred any sort of a, you know, accident or a fall or or mess with a machine or whatever. I guess it depends on the type of type of work that they're doing. So they should really consider I think bypassing that particular test in order that way they can have more employees and it would actually help the economy. I think weed should be legalized in Wisconsin. (laughs) Okay. That's a great answer. (laughs) That's fine to say. Um, Yeah. Uh, Thanks Corinne for sharing the weed law topic of the day. No problem. That's pretty good. 
So for the topic that we're talking about today, relationships, our first talking point is dating in today's generation. So any thoughts on that? Because I um I can't really add on to that right now. But is there anything that y'all want to say? um okay so I guess I'll start so for dating in today's generation um when you say generation Corinne do you mean um like generation in terms like millennials versus gen x or gen z is that what you're trying to get at yeah I'm basically saying like is it like dating in today's generate basically like our generation of like anybody from what age range would you say? So about any anybody that's grown, so like 18 to like probably 26, <laughs> I would say. Like, how is that, how is dating for you to, like, in like in the this climate right now, so far as like social media and other things, like, is it easier or is it harder? That's like... Oh, okay. So yeah. I, okay. So I'll answer it this way. So I'm 23. So dating for me is a little bit different than it was for my older brother. We have an eight year age gap. So when my brother was in in his early 20s, I remember him being in a relationship and it was a more serious thing. Um, He had more long term relationship. He had his first his first child. Um, I think that relationships back then were way more focused on longevity and sustainability, whereas relationships at my age group are more like in the moment. I'm just dating this person for now. I'm just talking to them, but I'm not too committed. Um, There really is a lot more to lose and not much to hold on to and I think that we're all kind of scared dating's not really taken as seriously as it used to be because I think dating used to be something where you date to marry not date just to have fun and I think that's our generation that's what dating has become what do you think Amber um as a woman uh as a black woman dating and I'm the age of 21 It has been like the Wild West. So um, my experience in the dating environment right now, uh, I've been on the apps, you name it, Hinge, Tinder, and Bumble, honey. And what I can say is um, within all the dates, quote unquote dates, because I definitely agree with what Tavy said, uh, it's really about fun. And with social media is another tie to it because now the person has an online presence. It's their online, uh, who are they online versus who are they in real life for real. So, and there's just a bunch of different elements coming with that. So what I would say is all the dates that women are going on, it's okay if they fail. It's okay that to have a bad date sometimes because Honestly, uh, it's it's also, even if you're trying to find your Prince Charming, your longevity, you will find them. I, I definitely feel that way. But I, I just discourage the apps now that I've been on them. And it's just an unhealthy way to build a, a long longevity uh, relationship because of the dynamic the internet plays. Because everything is really temporary. And you could have fun on a date and then he never hits you back. Well, it's because basically it was for him, just that one day was exciting for him and that's all he needed. And you wanted something longer. So it's just being more selective and just be more careful and try to focus more on like organic um, relationships that you meet people at regular uh, parties, restaurants, etc. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Amber, on all that. Um, 
I'm currently not on the app because I'm in a relationship. <laughs> so I had to put that in. <laughs> but I can speak on past experience of being on the apps. Like I've had a Tinder account. Um, I had a Hinge account. Um, I remember a professor actually asking the students if any of us use Hinge. And I did not raise my hand because I was like, I've used it. But I was like, I don't need to tell the professor I'd be on dating apps. But anyway, um, I've used those apps. I genuinely went in there with more naivete. I was kind of expecting um, to meet someone who would be everything or like, you know, you go on there, like, I'm going to put my best self, my best photos, like what I'm really interested in. And you actually go swiping and you look for people and they, they ask you like, how are you? And you start off with a few questions and stuff. And you might really be on the app looking for something significant, but then they're in there just trying to talk to you at 11 o'clock at night, 1am, 2am. They want to sleep with you. They don't necessarily want to go anywhere or do anything genuine. They want to Netflix and chill and that's not fun you start to feel exploited you start to feel like wow like am I really going to ever find a guy that really wants to get to know me I thought the apps just provided a new channel to meet people not just a new way to be a, a dog you know so I think that dating in today's generation is just high risk and a lot of stress and tiring it's really tiring it's almost like why you get in a relationship and you stay in a toxic one because it's easier than starting all over well, I just wanted to add in my little tidbit about that. So, like, I don't, I don't date, but it's not like I'm not willing to. It's just that I have never gotten a chance to because when I tried to go on different dating apps, it just never worked out for me. And I didn't like it. Like, if something about it just didn't feel right about going on an app or going online to go search for somebody that you're supposed to, like, connect to. And, like... I don't know, like, I feel like I had such, like, an old way of thinking, because, like, I was taught, like, you know, you you have someone approach you, or you approach someone, like, if you like them, and you want to talk to them, and get to know them, I wasn't, like, it didn't, like, cross my mind to think, oh, I have to look for this person, like, literally search them up, so it just felt very, like, like, online shopping, that's what it felt like to me, and that's what I did, and, but, like, that's just how it felt like to me, I don't know, because some people, they do this, and it works for them, but um, this like this leads me into my first question for y'all, actually. Um, I was going to ask, do y'all prefer dating apps or actually meeting someone in person? Like, which one is more beneficial to you? Or, like, do you do one over the other? You want to go first, Amber? Okay, yeah. So, uh, with my experience, my relationships last longer when I met someone organically. Um I know this sounds a little uh, messy, but like work or like, you know, in all relationships, just friendships in general, uh, I definitely believe that in person is everything, uh, circumstance, scenario, and timing, because everything was meant to really happen for a reason. So you guys can't like force the reason to happen. So that's what I came from, from the apps. I find that the apps are very, very temporary. It's only a few months if if it lasts that long. So, Davey? Um, okay, so let me see. You said, um, do we prefer dating apps or actually meeting in person? I have to think about this for a second. I think that meeting in person always 100% will be a better option. Um, when I was on a dating app, one of my, actually two of my uh, ex-boyfriends I met on dating apps, and they both didn't last as long as I wanted them to. 
but it's because, you know, on apps, you're idealistic and you kind of look at someone like, okay, you kind of look like something I would be interested in. And they don't really leave as much information and everything's on the surface and stuff. So then you actually get into a relationship with them and you start finding out things that you didn't know about them in the beginning. And then you really don't have time to adjust to it and you just get frustrated. And then they don't last because you think to yourself, oh, I have an app. I can just find a new person. You know, it's like you just order food or you go and pick a new movie you just pick a new person it just makes the relationship not so worth it or genuine so that's why I prefer in person I think that they'll last longer but it's hard though because then you think about the people who have been successful with an online dating app relationship I guess you have to really discern for yourself why do I like this person and what is my long-term goals with this person and could I see myself having a future with them or not and why maybe you have to ask yourself some questions for, for it to, to work. Cause I don't want to say, Oh, dating apps are trash because there might be for every like 2000, 5,000 of us who fail. There's that one lucky person that's actually getting married. You know, they actually met on Tinder, but are they met on okay Cupid, but it actually was the love of their life. So who am I to say, you know? For like, so for our next topic, I wanted to talk about black love. And this to me is very interesting because I wanted to know for you guys, well, for me personally, um, I think it still exists in some type of caliber, but I don't know. Like, is this like for y'all opinions, do y'all think that it's still something that's existing nowadays? Or do you think that you have to open your mind up to more than just one type of person? Like, you feel like your relationships don't have to just stick with who you're dating with so far as within your race like do you feel like you have to go outside of that or um okay so this is a very interesting topic for me when it comes to black love I'm 100% all for it and I'm supportive the problem that I see here is that I don't think black love exists in the way that it used to like I don't think it's the 90s anymore I don't think we're growing up watching all this black love on TV. It's not something that's idealistic in this culture. I don't think that it exists anymore. But I would love for that to be the case. But I also see people who are like, they want black love, but in doing so, they they renounce every other race. Or there's black women influencers who are just like, oh, I, I only want a chocolate man. I only want a black man. He's got to be black, black love. But then, like, they might be um, doing themselves a disservice. There might be someone who's multiracial or just non-person of color who actually would treat them better than the black man that they want to be treated by. But then there's something that can be said about um, about, about that, too because we shouldn't be always looking to date someone because of like the color of their skin. Now that it's 2020, we have to think about redefining um, what black love is. So the other thing I wanted to mention in, in terms of black love is the fact that I'm currently in an interracial relationship. And so for me, I had grown up thinking that I was going to be married to someone who looks like me and all that. But um, right now I'm dating someone who is a white male. He's Dutch. And for me, I question what is black love to me? You know, what, what makes something black love? Does it make it black love because both partners are black? Or is it black love because one person in a relationship is existing and acknowledging that they're a black person? So I would love for black love to be celebrated more because there are people who definitely are attracted to 
I mean, I'm still attracted to black men. That hasn't changed. It's just that right now in my past, I'm with someone who doesn't look like me, but I've dated inside my race and outside. So that that's my, 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 uh, my stance on that. Oh, I definitely believe in black love as all most black girls do. It's a part of your conditioning. When you grow up, your mom, I don't know, maybe everyone has like a different, um, like upbringing but definitely my parents like inspired me my parents are married and they're also black so my mom and dad <laughs> so for me it's different it, it hits home harder and now in my dating experience I found that um other races and like I'm just a, I'm just a little bit more educated now and a little bit more global perspective I guess uh when it comes to people and now I have the tools to um operate outside of my race than I did previously in my teenage years so yes um for me that is always in the back of my head and I'm like yes I want a black king ah, ah, ah. and when I see people in the streets um like black couples of course in my heart I'm like yeah I'm going up for them I'm going up for them but um it realistically for me now, I find that love is love. Um, you could find love anywhere in any race and any person. And um, I also agree with Tavi about maybe black love should be changed a little bit because uh, some people are, even if it's a black existing person, I feel that you feel a connection with someone, even if they're not black, but you still have like those black elements if that makes sense. Um, just some perspective. Uh, I definitely believe in energies. And if your energies align, it doesn't matter what color they are. Oh, that's great, actually. I definitely agree there. That was a good good thing about energies. So lastly, on my behalf, because um, I wanted to talk about, so like that kind of segues into the inter interracial relationship topic. So how do y'all feel about that? So far as like dating outside your race and kind of op opening your mind up to new things. I know Tavi mentioned that she's in an interracial relationship. So maybe she could give insight on how it was different from how, from her past relationships um, with people of her race versus, you know, the times where she dated outside of her race. So how do y'all feel about that? Okay, so interracial relationships. Okay, so this, there's a lot that I can say about this. Um, I have to say, overall, I think interracial dating is a beautiful thing because it's you're marrying two cultures together, different languages, different opportunities to expand your knowledge um, beyond what you know and to learn more about other people, and you have a chance to really unify. So I think that's good on the surface. Now, I've been in more than one interracial relationship before. Uh, the first person I ever dated, um, he's black. The second person I ever dated, he's Indian. The third was Dominican. So I, I consider that to be um, intercultural, not so much interracial, because a Dominican person is black. We talked about this in colorism episode number two, so there's that. But um, my most recent boyfriend, um, he is Dutch and he's white. Now, going into this relationship was, was kind of difficult because, I mean... And I know you're about to like say some stuff, but like I'm about to say it. But when I first realized I liked this person, I was scared and confused and angry because I never saw myself with a white person. Now I know you're probably gonna say, "Oh, Tavi, how could you say that?" But like, 
just hear me out. The truth is that I never, I never saw myself dating a white person because at the time that I started to really acknowledge my blackness and my identity as a black woman in America was the same time that Trayvon Martin got shot when I was 15 years old. Well, I was 16 years old, actually. Um, so that was the first time I actually woke up. That was when I woke up and I started to not feel a certain way. I started to feel a certain way about white people in America. Now, this person, the boyfriend I have now, we had met online through mutual friends, and I found that he wasn't even American. So there was an element of him being um, not a white American. And then I started to learn that there's such a thing as like European culture. There's people that are outside the U.S. that are more open-minded. And what has made my relationship with him uh, more successful is the fact that like he didn't have uh, like a white American upbringing. He wasn't raised in a racist household. He wasn't raised in the South. He wasn't raised in a typical white American way, although he does acknowledge his privilege. So I think that inter interracial relationships can be a beautiful thing. Um, but they can be difficult. So the biggest challenge for me was figuring out how how could I be with someone who doesn't look like me and having some fear and feel, feeling like I couldn't be with him. I remember many times I would tell him like, oh, we can't be together. We can't be together. And he was like, why would you say that? Like, there's nobody keeping you from dating anybody. This is like the 21st century. What are you talking about? Like, he didn't understand the severity of the situation. He didn't understand how I was in a place in my life where the path and the career that I want to take is standing in line with Black people and supporting my people and my culture. And that I felt that dating someone outside of my race would be counterintuitive to what I stand for. We always be knocking down Black celebrities who date white people. And we always think that they're, we, they call them Uncle Toms and Coons and say that they're selling out and they don't care about their own people when very well the, the person outside their race just treats them correctly and they have a chance to redefine black love. So yes, interracial relationships are great, but that's just my personal experience. I personally do not have any negative feelings towards dating someone who is not black like myself interracial relationships sorry guys um i definitely am now in support of them uh, i agree with tavy um about having that dilemma where there's a certain perception you have on um a race and it um that's like really what uh, drives me to say how I feel about inter interracial relationships. I'm now more open to it, but I'm also have a feeling of being scared because when you're dating someone outside of your race, it's like learning a different culture. You have to learn their own mannerisms and you know, it's like a whole new world. I wanted to say like that and how to operate in it with your blackness. You have to, you know, kind of monitor that's the best way to say it. monitor what you're saying and um, what you're portraying. And especially I, I find it troubling with like homes. I, I You never know what family you're going to meet. OK, you might have the accepting family or um, you might like the open family. And then you might have the one that's like, uh, what's going on? You brought this black girl home. So um, what I definitely could say is uh, for my interracial, well, I will say intercultural as well, because I've also dated um, Hispanic men, um, outside black men, which is, you know, they're still black, but, um, you know, 
with that experience, it helped me branch out now um, on the dating scene. I'm dating Japanese men. I'm dating white men. And I also did not see myself dating these people. But um, at this point, like, I'm actively talking to a Japanese man. And it has been so fun. <laughs> to guys, I just want to say I am so... Uh, you're trained to be like, oh, what's going, like, you're supposed to be with this black guy, and, but I find myself having fun on the date, like, uh, every time we, like, hang out or talk, um, I just find that even if it's not, like, a long time, I'm glad I, like, had this experience, so I could go moving forward, like, knowing, operating in this world that, hey, I can do this, I'm like a chameleon, and you could bend to whatever race or culture that you, uh, want to be in, so just don't limit yourself, um, interracial, dating can seem scary but I definitely would say open yourself up to it especially going forward because there's so many beautiful people that aren't black I wanted to add my little like little piece in there there I think that interracial relationships are very beneficial and they do open your mind to a lot in that we are like even as black people all together we are taught to stick with our own and just stay with that um but like my only my only thing is is that for interracial relationships i agree wholeheartedly with them but until it comes from a place of i'm with this person because they are that race that's when it starts to become a problem for me i don't like when someone is putting down another race of people because they find this particular race attractive um that bothers me because that's not love at that point you're just doing it out of lust or whatever so that's just I just wanted to throw that in there because that's important to think about too because a lot of people <clears throat> they don't they don't date outside of their race because they might be like oh well I'll never I'll never I'll never see myself with a white man but then there's some black people who are like I only date out of my outside of my race because I never see myself with um with anyone black so I just wanted to make a note of that because that's important too when it's talking about relationships. Okay, great. That's cool. Um, I definitely agree there. That's a big major part of the fear that I had as far as dating outside my race. But there's two things I wanted to also mention in under that category. The first part is um, really talking to that person. So like if you're a black woman and you're dating a white male, regardless if he came from Europe or came from the South or the Midwest or wherever, um, make sure you're having conversations. It doesn't matter male or female, but make sure you're having those conversations about what's going on in the news, police brutality, what's going on in the education systems. Like when I first started to date my boyfriend, I remember the biggest problems in our relationships would be I was under this stress over here with all the rising um, death rates of all of our black men and women by the police brutality and I would be sending him like articles like yo you need to read this you need to see what's going on look what your people are doing like I would really be on some ignorant like I can't believe white people and he would say to me like okay I've never I've never um uh, sp felt this way about black people like I've never been an aggressive person I've never been racist he happened to grow up in Madagascar and he went to school in Europe so he's had a very um very uh multicultural upbringing which allowed him to be very open-minded but that's not every person that you're dating 
So you have to have these conversations with these people. Like if you're going to be with somebody who don't, don't look like you, at least find out where they are mentally and ask them, what do they know? Let them ask you questions, teach them about your culture, teach them about your hair type, teach them about everything. Because if you lay down and have children with this person, you want to make sure that if y'all going to be connected, that there that there's unity there and there's knowledge there. And then the second thing I wanted to mention in, in regards to the interracial relationships, back to what Amber was saying, was about the, the fear as far as the parents are concerned. With my Indian boyfriend, I keep saying like that, but he's from India. Like, I'm not just, you know, saying that. But um, I was very, very content with him. I was so happy. But the problem was that he was such a hard worker and we didn't always get to see each other. But one of the major things that broke us apart was his fear of his family not accepting me because I'm black. And he admitted to me his family was very racist and wanted him to be with an Indian woman and have an Indian wedding and to have babies with somebody who uh, spoke Punjabi or Urdu um, or whatever who was from his culture. So that really broke my heart. I remember sometimes we'd be walking down the street. He went up, He wouldn't hold my hand or like kiss me in public. There's a couple of different reasons as far as like modesty and like his culture and everything. But he always felt like people would be staring at us and everything. And I'm like, no, 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 they're not looking at me. They're looking at you because you're the person who who is more foreign than I am. I think being a black person in America is really not an anomaly. I think that if you're Indian or Middle Eastern or whatever, Americans are always looking at that person because we don't fear mongered and, and cause all this this hatred and ignorant or whatever. But anyway, that was another thing. Um, being afraid of what your boyfriend or girlfriend's parents are going to think of you. And then my current boyfriend, I think I was afraid of dating him because I didn't want his parents to judge me for being a black woman in America. And I was afraid I wasn't going to be accepted by them. But in fact, they have accepted me and they think it's fine. They think I'm great. Um, but again, that's not everybody's journey. So I get it. Interracial relationships may not just affect you and your partner, but they may affect your environment around you and how people in this world accept you or view you. The last segment of, of today's episode, I really wanted to talk about how we deal with disagreements in relationships. So I wanted to ask you both, like, um, what do you think about um, like disagreements in relationships and how do you handle them? For me, I say the best way to deal with them would be communication, thoughtfulness, and patience. But did either one of you have another idea about how to deal with uh, disagreements? I just want to elaborate on communication because you guys could be talking all day, but it's understanding the meaning of where someone is coming from. Like, I definitely think there has to be a level of understanding uh, I definitely have quite a few disagreements in all of my relationships, <laughs> but um, I definitely could say what has gotten me through is sometimes accepting that you're wrong. Sometimes you're coming from a place um, and maybe that person is understanding because maybe you're you're the one that has a problematic um, viewpoint and it's hard to see it. So definitely just know when to say you're sorry. That's what like my main thing is. Know when to say you're sorry and genuinely mean it. And um, also patience, yes. Patience is a very beautiful thing. So my opinion on how to deal with disagreements and relationships, and like it goes for like, like romantic and like 
platonic like friendships and everything but basically talking to each other is key like tavy was mentioning and amber like communication is a big thing and just understanding where both both people are coming from now if it's just like a screaming match it's not gonna, it's not gonna work out nobody's gonna reach anything and you know you might look at it as like oh we're arguing out of love it's like no not really because it turns into nobody's hearing each other y'all are just screaming at each other so I think dealing with that and having patience definitely and also just being just being mindful of another person's situation, which kind of goes into like, if someone else is dealing with something that you might not know about, like, you don't have to know every single detail, but like, at least try to see where they're coming from and see where their hurt might be coming from and not try to make it um, one sided. That's how that's my opinion about how to deal with disagreements. Okay, great. Um, For me, when it comes to communication, I think that's probably been something that has saved my relationship. The boyfriend that I have today, currently, uh, we've been on and off for years, but it wasn't until um, I had turned 23 or 20, oh, 22 that things became more stable between us, where we just stopped fighting. It was always one-sided arguments, again, going back to like issues about race. I think underneath it all, I was looking for reasons <laughs> to break up with him, looking for reasons for us not to uh, be together. And so communication would be one of them. So I realized that everybody has a different way that they communicate, a different way that they express how they love someone or care about someone. Or when you get mad, you have a different way. Some of us are petty. Some of us are more transparent. I learned um, to deal with disagreements is to just be honest and say to the person, that hurt my feelings or... I'm sensitive and this affected me or I don't like the fact or I don't appreciate this and then outline what it is because if you're acting on the fact that you're upset but the whole point is that you're mad that you don't communicate but you never say that you just become petty well then you're not going to last and then as far as thoughtfulness I think that goes a long way I think most of us women and men out here we appreciate when our significant other is cons- Um, considerate and thoughtful and they remember little things about us and they take the time to make our lives better and to really like benefit us and be sweet to us because we are that way to them Um, I think that helps if we're having a disagreement you want them to consider oh I shouldn't call her out her name because that's not nice like we're fighting I'm not going to call her a bitch I'm not going to call her dumb I'm not going to call her stupid I'm going to listen to her and then I'm going to give my side and be a respectful gentleman like I'm supposed to be like I was raised to be Um, one thing I am glad about is that my boyfriend has never called me out my name even at my worst moment he's never said like okay bitch he's never cursed me out he's never treated me badly even though I felt like I kind of deserved it because I was really harsh to him and when he showed me that he's not going to disrespect me even if um I'm really making him upset or if he's really mad or I'm really mad it taught me to not do that to him I learned not to use fighting words that I was raised on like watching other people Um, toxic relationships, people cussing each other out on TV, I learned, oh, well, my man doesn't call me this, that, and a third, so why would I call him that? So I learned not to do that. And then patience. I used to flip my, my lid so easily. I used to be a time bomb. I used to just look for a reason to, like, start cussing and getting upset and raising my blood pressure. But I learned that if I'm fighting with my man, 
be patient, take my time, and really listen to what's being said. And I guarantee you, you ain't going to be mad the next day. You're not going to even be upset anymore. So having patience, I think, also really helps to subdue a disagreement. Um, I have one last question for y'all. What do you think makes a relationship into a healthy relationship? Um, I think what makes a relationship into a healthy one is, you know, like what was just talked about, like having good communication, being able to healthily see each other's point of view on things and, you know, being able to kind of like, I I don't know if this sounds right, but like kind of being able to sometimes if you are having like a disagreement or you're not seeing eye to eye with each other all the time, sometimes like trying to see vicariously through that other person and see what they're going through kind of does help too. Um, Cause then you get to have a view on perspective, but that's, that's what I think what makes a healthy relationship. So, so I definitely want to contribute this to um, the LGBTQIA community because they're really good on this is be have, making sure that it's not just boyfriend and girlfriend, but it's a partnership. I think people really don't find the the relationship 50-50. You have to make sure that you're doing continuously doing things for each other. Keep it exciting. Um, and just make sure that like honest communication as well. Um, and just continue just to be kind. Like through hard times and rough times, you need to remember to be kind because that's what you want someone to be for you. So I definitely think the, all those components make up and there's just a slew of things, honestly, just what not to do, but just use your intuition and, um, your best and just make sure the other person's best interest is in heart is in your heart as well. Um, and put them first from you, obviously with your many duties or whatever, and make sure they do the same. Make sure you guys are continuously keeping that up and that's going to make a healthy relationship. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Amber. And with that, um, that concludes um, episode six of the tribe podcast next week is our finale we'll be talking about the future of this podcast and all of our goals thank you so much amber for joining us today and sharing your input and knowledge about relationships anything you'd like to add Corinne? um i was just gonna say this is one of our more calmer tinder episodes so i hope y'all enjoyed that nice little happy valentine's day gift for everybody so i just want to say thank you guys for having me and thank you guys for listening because this is really going to be something great thank you awesome okay so we'll see y'all next week and thank you for listening to us today thank you bye bye bye